Next on BYUSN, it's game day eve in the Big 12 once again as yeah. BYU gets set to host TCU. What a win over the Horn Frogs. Open the door for BYU men's hoops to get a top four seed in the Big 12 tournament. Men's basketball assistant coach Cahill Fennell will join us to preview the toughest part about the Horn Frogs in that matchup and discuss how BYU avoids the emotional letdown following that dramatic win at Kansas. Plus our top takeaways from the opening day of spring football. Oh yeah, Kalani Sitake, Gary Bohannon, Jake Retzloff, you'll hear from all those guys. And wide receiver Darius Lassiter chats with Spencer on coming back for another year and the offense's motivations this offseason. Oh, more catches from Darius Lassiter. Please. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Friday, March 1st. Welcome to March. Hey. Let's go. I am Spencer Linton. And once again, teamed up with a firm believer, maybe now more so than ever, in the BYUSN karma, Jerem Jordan. It's convenient when it's good, baby. Uh, yesterday we had Luke Anderson on the show, and uh, it's a tie game at 2-2 in the sixth, and then the game-winning uh, hit happens. You don't say. of Brother Anderson, Mr. Anderson. Mm -hmm. They've been quiet ever since. Here's Anderson making a little noise. Way back, and his first home run off the scoreboard in 2024. And the sophomore from Santa Clara gets his seventh BYU home run and breaks a 2-2 tie. What a shot. It's up there, it's out there, and it's gone. So you're telling me that he happened to be on the show the day of the home opener. Mm -hmm. We told him he was probably going to hit a home run. Yep. And he would play better with the karma. Yeah. And all he does is deliver the game winner that happens to be a home run all in the same swing. Qui-Gon Jinn said there are no coincidences, mm. uh, and I believe that as well. So Interesting. Yeah, that was big time. So good luck in game two. BYU's not won a game two of a series quite yet, Spence. Oh, Hopefully today's the day. In fact, BYU playing a doubleheader because of weather. They're playing at uh, 12 and 3 local time, uh, which you can watch and, and listen to. Well, Big 12 now on ESPN+, Plus. BYU Radio. Shameless plug. And this from Luke Anderson, yep. which followed another Anderson who joined us a week ago, Brindley Anderson. All the Andersons. True freshman for BYU Gymnastics. Bring him in. She comes on the show, finds out about the karma, rocks a 9.95 on the beam. She got a 10 from one judge. Yeah, that's She looked awesome. at me after the meet and was like, it's real. Kaylee. I um, believe. Kaylee Smila got an Greatest amazing haka. Incredible. Right? We, we include that. <laughs> we include that. Awesome. It's a it's a thing. Our belief grows, as does the belief of BYU men's basketball after oh, beating Kansas. Yeah, All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. Cougs look to expand the lead. Dallin Hall spots an opening. Drive oh! it down. Oh, wow! Oh, beautiful backdoor to Jackson Robinson driving lay-in. And stay in the mix in the toughest basketball conference in the country. Game day eve for BYU men's basketball. Dune two tonight, baby. And Dune two. Gymnastics. <laughs> Baseball. And Dune two. Dune two. <laughs> there you go. Have you read the books, by the way? Heck no. <laughs> way too long. That's I got to read the Old Testament first. <laughs> Before I read Dune. To be able to handle yeah, that. I've read the cliff okay. notes, trust me. All right. <laughs> well, I've seen the animated videos. Shout out Living Scriptures. Let's see yeah. if you can handle this. BYU basketball, understandably, riding just such an emotional Hold high. On, have you read the book? I have not. Oh, okay. Okay, I have not. Someone in my family, my wife, has been listening to it, and she's like, wow, it's really in detail. I just read the Silmarillion. That was enough for oh, me. There you go. Yeah. 
Let's go in detail with BYU basketball oh, as yeah, they does. welcome TCU again on just an emotional high of winning at Lawrence. Yep. How, I mean, there are a number of questions we need to discuss. We will do so with Cahill Fennell, but let's just say that BYU does ride that emotional wave and then they beat TCU. They need to. Would a win over the Horn Frogs, this is crazy, we're going here, open a door for a four seed in the Big 12 conference tournament in Kansas City. Let's keep going down the fictional route. Are you saying it's the, uh, the you know, Chronicles of Narnia? You walk through the, the door in the closet and suddenly a centaur shows up or something, and it's the four seed, if you will? I don't know, Spence. There's three games to play. There's a lot of tiebreakers. Dude, the tie, there's a tiebreaker tab on the Big 12 men's basketball website that has, like, way too many words in it, where I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. I think Houston's going to finish as the one. Iowa State is the two. The three, four, five, six are kind of up for grabs. For sure. BYU's not going to get the three. That's too high. There is a scenario where BYU could get the four, but it does require Kansas to go one and two, Texas Tech to go one and two. Baylor would probably have to sneak two. BYU might even have to win at Iowa State. But if BYU goes two and one, we know this. They would have the tiebreaker over Kansas. They have the tiebreaker over Kansas regardless. But if they go two and one, Spence, and Kansas, who has a really tough stretch as we break this down, at Baylor, at Houston. Are you kidding me? They're going to lose one of those two at least, if not both. I think they beat Kansas State at home. They've been terrible on the road. Yes, they have five losses on the road. Baylor uh, against Kansas, huge game coming up on Saturday. At Texas Tech is a tough game. Baylor won the first end of that. If Baylor wins that, they have the tiebreaker over Texas Tech. You look at Texas Tech, they have the easiest road. West Virginia at Oklahoma State, granted on the road. Mm -hmm. Baylor at home. I'm thinking BYU realistically, Spence, the highest seed BYU could get is a five, and that they could go to a six. But I'm thinking BYU, if I had to guess right now, goes two and one and walks into the Big 12 tournament as the five seed, and that Kansas is going to go one and two in the final three and be the six, which would be nuts. That would be absolutely bonkers. That could totally happen. If BYU beats TCU... Let's just say they win their home games. If BYU wins the two home games and they lose at Iowa State and they're 10 and 8, at worst, at worst, they're the sixth seed in Kansas City. Yes. Because they're, as we pointed out, so many moving parts and tough schedules for teams around BYU in the immediate standings that are tough. We didn't put TCU on there because if BYU beats TCU, they'll have the tiebreaker. And we don't anticipate that BYU, that TCU will finish with one more win than BYU. So let's talk about just the immediacy of what happens on Saturday. So hypothetical scenario here. If BYU beats TCU, West Virginia upsets Texas Tech. Oh, that'd be interesting. And that game is in Morgantown, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Texas Tech has the easiest road, granted on the road. Okay. At West Virginia at Oklahoma State. So, again, those two steps. If BYU beats TCU, West Virginia beats Texas Tech in Morgantown, yeah. and Baylor beats Kansas in Waco, BYU would be in the number four spot. After Saturday. <laughs> going into the final week of Big 12 play. Yes. And then you probably lose at Iowa State. Granted, at Kansas was a probably lose, and you won that one. Maybe you pull it off again. Because BYU has now won a game like they did against Kansas on the road, it's like, well, we, we've done it. We know we can do it, so why not again? The, the belief is real. At Iowa State is a tougher game I know. than at Kansas. 100%. Like, like, if you're just looking at this team this year, if you're looking at historically, if you're looking at the venue and the crowd and the program and the – Kansas certainly is a bigger, better play, uh, win and tougher place to play. But at Iowa State, I don't need a win there. What I need is two home wins. I need two home wins. Because, yeah, if BYU walked in 
like to next week in fourth place. <laughs> what? Now it's huge because it'd be number two in the league versus number four in the league on yes. Wednesday night, which, by the way, is the what? The only Wednesday conference game, I think. It was all Tuesday, Saturdays, except for next Wednesday for BYU. You see the remaining schedule uh, for the Cougars. Not a huge chance to win at Iowa State. Guess what? They haven't lost a home game. But you know who hadn't either? Kansas. Yeah, Iowa State's fans are out for blood against BYU. No question. Richie Saunders, enemy number one. <laughs> no, that, that'll, be, that'll be a fun game. The fact that BYU is in this mix is so exciting because if, if we had told you a year ago, hey, BYU's going to finish in the top six, like I'm confident BYU's not going to finish below six. Like we, it, it sounds like you feel the same way. Is so exciting. Because then, um, the, and the reason we brought up seed number four is, number four would be a double bite of the quarters. If that BYU is somehow crazy. got to the four, are you kidding me? They, they would play the five, 12, or 13 in the quarters. They, they have a double bye as the four seed. If you get a bye if you're, uh, you know, 10 seed or better. Yeah. It's 11, 12, 13, 14 are the Tuesday games. Wednesday, five through 10. Yes. Games. 10 and eight could get BYU a four seed if the right scenario plays out. Kansas yeah. struggles and Texas Tech hits a few bumps in the road. We're assuming way. Houston's going to win the league, by the way. We haven't now, mentioned that quite yet, but that's where we're at. The tough, like, BYU would need Texas Tech to go one and two in their final three because Texas yeah. Tech owns the tiebreaker over BYU. And you want Texas Tech to lose to Baylor. I want Baylor as the three seed. That's the easiest scenario for BYU to get a and BYU tied with Kansas at number four, and then BYU holds the tiebreaker over Kansas because of the one win head-to-head. Yes. So it gets weird. That, that's that's the scenario that would put BYU at ten and eight as the four seed. Isn't it wild that BYU has the tiebreaker over Kansas? Yes. It's amazing, and Kansas is in a bit of a pickle here in the standings. So here we are. Yes, we've discussed some scenarios. There's a lot of ball to be played out. We'll reset these scenarios coming up on Monday and Tuesday, undoubtedly. But um, BYU's in it, man. And, and that's more than we could ask for walking into the season. And they're not just in it, actually. They are, like, in the thick of it where they could possibly get a double by. The reality is probably a five or six seed. But the four seed's not out of the question. Now, if BYU had held on to the lead at Texas Tech, BYU would be totally in the mix for four. <laughs> like, right now, BYU would be in a tie with... Baylor and Kansas. Baylor and Kansas for third, and they would have the tiebreaker over Kansas, and then I have to look up what the tiebreaker would be after the head-to-head with Baylor because they split. Cause you I, don't have that information readily available record, on the top of your mind? Record versus, I think, Houston, and then Iowa State. And BYU does have a win versus Iowa State, so that's a great win. Man. Oh, by the way, you got to beat TCU. We haven't even talked about... TCU's good, dude. They beat Houston. TCU. They're 19-9. They're number one in the country in fast break points. Like, they're third in the league in points per game. They are really good. The challenge for BYU that so many teams get caught up in is avoiding the significant emotional letdown. Now, yes. what helps is BYU yes. comes home. Like, if they had another road game after Kansas, then uh, that oh. spells big trouble. But it's a sellout at the Marriott Center. Juice is ultra high, understandably, for the fan base. Yep. So the crowd will be electric tomorrow night. Oh, it's going to be. Knowing good. what's potentially available for BYU to accomplish in the final three. Let's go. Which leads us into our question of the day. What do you expect from BYU tomorrow against TCU after that upset win at Fog Allen Fieldhouse? At Chauncey Jones 21 on X answers, I expect the Cougs to continue to ride the momentum 
off the Kansas win and to get another hard-fought win tomorrow night in the Marriott Center. Now that we are officially into March, this is the time to get and stay yep. hot for BYU basketball. Yep. Kooks keep it rolling with a big dub. Having a home game is m massive yeah. for BYU after the road win at Kansas. Let's enjoy the next three weeks. We hope it goes four weeks. We hope it goes five or six weeks. But the next three weeks, listen, three weeks from today, hopefully we're talking about BYU having won an NCAA tournament game last night or yesterday <laughs> afternoon or yesterday morning. So keep it going, man. Let's go. Okay, topic two. What were your top takeaways from day one of spring football? Okay, they let us watch for about 20 minutes at the end of practice. Yep. And one, it was surreal to be out there because it's still technically February. Right. What I'm a like, weird – We're watching what are we foot, doing football out here? in February. It's great. It's, it was unseasonably warm. Yep. You know? I thought, okay, this is, this is kind of crazy. Just wait a couple of days. It'll change. But it took me like five minutes of like watching the scrimmage to really be like, okay, okay, now, yeah, we are here. Spring football is here, and BYU has a quarterback battle. So – not surprisingly, I wanted to see how Gary Bohannon and Jake Retzloff looked. And in that very small portion of time they allow the media to watch, Gary Bohannon made some nice throws. Clearly, Jerem, he's very comfortable with his footwork in the pocket. He is the one thing that Bohannon has on all the other BYU quarterbacks is he's made a bunch of starts. There are very few things that he has not seen yeah. in opposing defensive fronts. Seventh year as a college football player. Didn't play last year. He's been in the fight. He's yes. been in the Big 12 before. And he can run. We have said, like, yeah. hey, we believe he can run. He threw a pretty good ball, and he can, he's he got great footwork and presence in the pocket. That was takeaway number one. Nice. Because he was playing quarterback with the first team right when we started the observation period. His targets were Reiner Swanson and Keanu Hill. Early enrollee, Reiner Swanson, tight end. Reiner Swanson recruit. was the MVP of the 20-minute session there. He made some great catches. He's running crisp routes. He's got fantastic hands. He looks ready to play football for BYU right now. Not bad for day one, So bro. much so that head coach Kalani Satake said to me after, how about Reiner Swanson? Which, by the way, if the dude wants to fly home in a couple months and go to prom, he still can. He's an early enrollee. Yes, Zach Wilson did this as a freshman at BYU, by the way. Remember, it was not one, but two. Yeah. Ryder is planning on serving a mission Zach! for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints at some point. It's just a question of, are you going to play one yeah. year and then go? Or are you just going to, like, work out with the team and then, then pick up when you get home from your mission? But I he, would think if you're an early enrollee that he, you're going to play. He looks ready. He, Although, lo he looks ready to contribute. Yeah, which is impressive. Keanu Hill made the catch of the practice. I mean, a stabbing grab uh, on a sharp throw from Bohannon over the middle. Um, you know, one of those where, like, you just, like, you snag it, and you get taken down, and then he, he like, signaled the first down. He was pumped. I was like, okay, that's probably the, the play of the, the scrimmage. And then Jack Kelly looks really good, Jim. River State linebacker transfer. Yep. He, he and Ben Bywater together are, are going to be really good in Jay Hill's defense. So Ben and Jack sounds like uh, – a new root beer that needs to happen here in Provo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like a Ben and Jack. The uh, offensive line is going to be a totally different world, too. It's not like so much scheme as it is just like dis discipline and technique. Yeah. Discipline technique, which is different than just like scheming around defenses you're going to face. Like it's a totally different approach, and I think it's going to be a lot better. Let's listen to some sound. Uh, Kalani Satake talking about the aforementioned quarterback battle with Gary, don't call me Jerry Bohannon, and Jake Retzloff. Yeah, I mean, uh, today was a good indication of that. Uh, tons of talent. I thought, I thought, uh, 
the, those guys understand the scheme a lot more, and, and they, uh, they're in a good, good position right now to make plays. I thought they made a lot of greedy big-time plays today, um, made, made some really excellent throws, some great decisions, and took care of the football. So that, that stuff matters the most, and they have a lot of experience. I know that uh, Gary's been through that before. He's, he's, he's won at a high level, and, and Jake had some experience last year, but it's also had tons of, tons of football in his, in his time at JC. So I, I think we're right now, that, that's kind of where we're going with those two guys, and I thought they did really nicely today. Mitch Harper of KSL Sports asked when he wants the starter to be named, and, and could that be after spring? And uh, Kalani said, we want to start her ASAP. So we'll see. Um, I don't think they'd announce one f sooner than the end of spring. But we'll, that, it, it, they could announce would, nobody and then go into fall camp. They've done it before, um, but it's been a hot minute. Not, not in the Aaron Roderick tenure. Sure. They waited till fall camp, like with Taysom. And, uh, well, that wasn't even Aaron Roderick. He's had the – well, Zach Wilson, there was a little bit of a battle there, right? Zach yeah. beat out the field. But it was fall camp. He mentioned both quarterbacks. Jake, Jake made some nice plays. Like, again, Jake is a guy who can run around, and he is best when he is out of system. Like, he, he, when he is ad-libbing, like, that's where Jake really shines for sure. And so it was good to see him make some plays as well. Now, Jake, interestingly enough, has been taking on some additional counsel from some familiar people. And with that said, during his media session yesterday, he uh, added to that conversation that I was just referencing. I live in Corona, which is 30 minutes away from Huntington Beach. So I'm out there with John Beck, you know, as much as I could when I was gone for the break. And, uh, you know, working with him is such a, you know, uh, what's the word? Just a so fortunate that I'm able to do that, to live down the road, to be able to do that. I mean, he works out of my first junior college. That, that field that I played on, that's where we work out every day. And so it's, uh, it's awesome to be able to work with a guy like that. The experience he has, he's taught me so much in the short time that, you know, we've been working together. And uh, he's just helping me improve in every single facet. Uh, love to hear that. Another John Beck protege with so Jake he Red did Sloth drive. Yeah, it was just a shorter. It was a shorter drive. distance. It was within the boundaries of California and within the boundaries of the county. He's like, I drove 30 minutes. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't a huge sacrifice. Jake believes he's the starter. Like he's he confident. Should operate with that he mindset. believes he is the starter. He should operate with that mindset. Then there's Gary Bohannon. So when he was at Baylor, he uh, played uh, for Jeff Grimes' offense, right, which had influences from Aaron Roderick and others, uh, right. Um, and he talked about the familiarity with uh, that system. It does. It's, it's a similar foundation. Um, the foundation of it is the same, but it's still like some different um, names, a few different concepts. Maybe a route is different in it, um, a different signal, like those kind of things are different. So it's still, I have the foundation, but it's still a lot I need to work on and improve with it. But that foundation helps. Um, and he quarterbacked the majority of the season to get Baylor to the Big 12 title game in 2021. Can it be that version of Gary? Just like last year, yeah. we were hoping for 2019 or 2020. Keaton Slovis, Keaton got hurt. It wasn't the same dude, right? The hope is you have some health. And let's see what Gary or and or Jake can do. I, I'd i be shocked if both don't start at least one game, Spence. Just this, because this of the football. nature of the beast. Yes, this is college Injury football. or ineptitude, the two eyes we talked about, man. I had some uh, friends and contacts yesterday that were like, all right, who's the starting quarterback? You're like, <laughs> I'm like, dude, Cade Finnegan. Well, yeah, they, they told me who the guy it is was after Ryder, one spring it was Burton. Yeah. Like, I don't have an answer for you. Like, well, but who, who do you think it's going to be? I'm like, again, I don't, I don't have a firm answer for you. Like, I can tell yeah. you maybe what I think BYU will do and lean on the experience of Bohannon, but I don't know. Yeah, I it, don't know. Gary has more FBS starts, more P5 starts, right? Um, and so you, maybe you start from there, but – 
you're going to need both to be ready to rock either way. I don't like whoever wins it. The other guy's got to be ready, ready to, go. to roll. Like to your point, both guys probably going to make at least one start this season. You think one of these dudes is going to start 13 straight games? How often I, has that happened in the sorry, last 10 years? Sorry, I mean at BYU. 15 straight in the college football playoff. What? I think we've had uh, one season, maybe two in the last decade, where a quarterback has made every start all season long. One season of Zach Wilson and one of Taysom Hill. It certainly helped not to play P5 opponents that are a little more physical and fast. <sighs> Men's basketball takes on TCU tomorrow night. Huge game. We got you pregame, BYU TV and BYU Radio. Spencer Linton, courtside, tomorrow night, 8 Eastern. Up next, we take the conversation over to the Cougar Council Room. Hey. It's assistant coach Cahill Fennell joining us to preview the matchup with TCU and how to avoid the off-discussed emotional letdown after the win at Kansas. This is BYU Sports Nation. Good question. Good evening, Cougar basketball fans. It's an Opiki alley-oop. Transition triple now. There yeah. you go. Waterman caught a body. Happy Friday, everyone. We are live in Studio B alongside Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play, and we welcome in now BYU basketball assistant coach Cahill Fennell to help us preview the weekend, specifically TCU and coach. I know we're a few days removed from it, but can we just revel in it a little bit longer and congratulate you once again on a monumental win at Kansas? Uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, revel all you want. I think for fans, for uh, the media to a certain degree, I think for our, our young players, I think it's important to appreciate it and enjoy it. Um, but for us, we, we have to move on. There's a next fight, and TCU's a really good team, so we have to get ready for that game on Saturday. More fun to win on Tuesday than Saturday because you can enjoy it on Wednesday. A little bit into Thursday, you move on right to the next game. But um, what was the celebration like? Because you guys come back. At 2.30 in the morning at the Provo Airport, there's all these students uh, excited about it. That was a cool moment. It was really cool. It was very, very special. I, I think there's very few places in the country um, that have that kind of home support with their, with their student section. I think our student section is as good as anybody in the country. Um, we're really fortunate to, be a, to have them be a part of our program and, and to really back us the way they do. Um, but to arrive after a long day and a long flight and, and for them to be sitting there in the cold at 2.30 in the morning was really, really cool. So uh, it was awesome to see them out there. And, and I'm just really, really appreciative of everything they do. Cahill Finnell is with us on BYU Sports Nation. It was sideways snowing at the end of the game in Lawrence. <laughs> 70 degrees earlier in the day when we're driving in and then just sideways snow. So how was, how was the venture home given the crazy weather, but you're just riding that emotional high? Yeah, I, I think the travel it felt a little bit like planes, trains, and automobiles where you're, you're on buses and you're sitting on the tarmac and you're sitting in the runway and all this kind of stuff. But um, all that is, is very, very much secondary to, to the win and uh, for the feeling for our players. And you're, you're so proud of them. You're so happy for them. And uh, I'm really glad they got to experience that. And I think they were just asleep on the plane by that point. So, uh, but to, like I said, to have that welcoming from The Rock was, was really special. Some of the best performances for this team, as Spencer pointed out last week, have come after perhaps some of the more disappointing losses. Yeah. That summoning of, hey, we got to get up for this game is amazing. What's sustainable from Tuesday that you hope to carry into another big game Saturday against TCU? Let's be honest. If you want to kind of get your best seed in, in Kansas City and in March Madness, you got to win Saturday. 
Yeah, no question. I think the, the Saturday game is really important for a lot of different reasons. Uh, you mentioned the postseason. Um, in my opinion, that, that's lesser so, but more so just so we continue to play good basketball. We want to be peaking at the right time. We want to string together really good performances. Uh, we don't want it to become a, a peaks and troughs kind of a feel where uh, we can really get up for one game and the next game it's a little bit of a dud. So uh, we'd like to get to or get ourselves to a point where we're consistently playing our best, best ball and we're showing up every single night and we're making it hard for people and uh, we're taking the fight to people. And hopefully that's what people took from, or not people, but our players uh, took from the Kansas game where they feel like this is what game-winning basketball looks like. It's this kind of a fight. It's this kind of an effort for 40 minutes uh, because we're going to need that on Saturday. And if you can do it in Lawrence, you can certainly do it at home against TCU. At Iowa State, you can make it a, a good game as well in any neutral venue. So that, that's exciting. We, we've seen a great performance, but hopefully it's not the best performance. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, right? Exactly. You want to build on that. You yes. want to grow from that. You want to progress from there. That's so. the high so far. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that's the goal moving forward. All right, I'm sure you've already been asked at least 17 times, but how do you avoid the cliche emotional letdown after a big win like that, coming home and avoid relaxing? I know it's the Big 12, so you can't really relax for anybody, but, but still there is this idea that, man, that was such an emotional high. How do we, how do we maintain for the next game? No question. That's a great question. I, I think we're a little bit fortunate in the sense where the caliber of our opponent does, that, does our job a little bit as coaches, right? It was like, we have to show up. Like we can't just just walk in there and expect to win because we're at home because we beat Kansas. None of that matters, especially with a team like TCU, who's who's been really effective on the road. Um, they're really well coached by Jamie Dixon, who's been fantastic from his time at Pittsburgh and now TCU. Um, they're exceptionally tough and hard playing every single night. Doesn't matter the opponent. Um, so that's a massive, massive challenge for us, right? So um, in the best of circumstances, <laughs> coming off a great win, that's going to be a, a huge task for us to beat TCU. So uh, we have to show up ready to fight. They've beaten Houston. Just that fact alone is like, okay, the high is real high for these guys. They love to push the ball. They create steals. They get out and transition. They're number one in the country in fast break points. How do you sort of limit allowing them to do that? I think a big part is our offense. I think if we can limit our own turnovers, that'll really uh, give ourselves a head start to getting back in transition defense, uh, get really good shots. Uh, the thing with them that's tricky and, and really challenging, it's not just turnovers, right? They'll run off misses, makes, blocks, everything in between. So um, their, their lag-free reaction going from defense to offense is exceptional. Uh, you can just see all five guys on the floor when you're watching film with them just immediately uh, turn their brains into sprinting in the break and, and being really dynamic on the offensive transition. So um, for us, we have to match that intensity. We have to match that kind of defensive focus. Um, and we really, really have to make that a priority. What parts of this matchup do you feel may favor your team and what you do best? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> As a coach, you, you nitpick so much stuff. You're like, oh my goodness, I don't know how we're going to do this. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> Do we do anything better? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think we're, we're a really good team. We're mature. We can, we can beat anybody in the country on any given night. We've proven that more than once. Um, and I think we just have to come up and uh, come out, I should say, and, and just do what we do. I think when we start to stray from our individual talents and, and abilities and, and our roles, um, I think collectively when we, when we lose our identity a little bit, um, we we can, we can stray off course and we can not play as well as we'd like. And um, I think for us to be victorious on Saturday, we just have to really lean into our principles and our fundamentals of, of defense and, and what we do on offense, taking care of the basketball and being really aggressive and, and bringing on the front foot and, uh, and taking the fight to them. And I think if we can do that, we'll, we'll be right where we want to be. Cahill gets the soccer, rugby, front foot, <laughs> ball in hand references. His, yeah. do, your kids play rugby. Is that where you learned some of those sort of they're more European probably. phrases. Yeah, I think, so. yeah, probably being on the front foot and, and all that stuff. Front football, that's, that's 
how we like to play. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's how you roll. Emmanuel Miller is a senior from Canada who's a really good scorer. He's shooting 44% from three in uh, league play. How do you limit what he does? He's a scorer and he can't make shots, but like he scores and makes shots based off his intensity and effort, right? His motor is exceptional. His toughness and physicality is exceptional. I mean, you, you mentioned the Houston game. Um, the, the reason they're able to compete and beat those kind of teams is like they can fight with anybody. Mm -hmm. and, and he's just the linchpin of everything they do in that regard. He's just so, uh, he's a grown man out there, you know, and, and we're going to have to match that physicality and intensity and motor. Uh, we can't be second to the fight. We have to hit first with him with everything he does, whether it's a driver, uh, whether it's sprinting in transition, whether it's keeping him off the offensive glass in the post. Um, so all those things are going to go a long way towards limiting him. It is officially March. March <laughs> yes, basketball is. is here. Yeah. Cahill Fennell is with that was us. That's good. <laughs> Thank you. He's, he's got that mouth trumpet thing. Yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. a hit. It's one, of his, it's one of his things. Yeah. David Letterman, you remember stupid human tricks? Yeah. I wouldn't have even qualified yeah. for that. I don't know, man. That was, that was high level. It's, uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> your, sure. your, your stupid human trick, well, it's not stupid, is your on air math. <laughs> so good on air math. Just you have a stupid human trick? I don't. Stupid human, but no <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Every coach needs to have, like, a decompression zone. I, I know that, like, you are go, 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 go. But, like, at some point, you have to, like, give your mind a mental break. So what is, what is the decompression zone for Cahill Fennell when you have, like, you know, five minutes to catch your breath? That's a great question. Uh, <laughs> nothing comes to mind. I, I think if there's one thing, it would be watching my kids play sports. Like, that's a good way for me to kind of just relax, not coach them at all. Yeah. Just kind of appreciate them having fun and competing. Um, my kids are they're jerks when it comes to sports and, and competing <laughs> and all that kind of stuff and, and kind of reining them in and kind of taking that edge off them a little bit is, is kind of fun, right? But just watching them, you know, fight in jujitsu and play rugby and play basketball and everything else, um, that's a, a great way for me to relax and obviously spend some time with them and appreciate time with them. It's a reset of sorts. Absolutely. And then you can re-engage. Yeah, it's, it's really important to me. It's, it's huge for our family, for sure. So are you like engaging them in physical, like wrestling or whatever in your house, given that they want physical contact, clearly, with jujitsu and rugby? I don't engage in <laughs> You allow I, that at practice? Yeah, it just happens. I mean, like, my wife has videos of them when they were in, literally in diapers just attacking me and jumping on me on the couch. Yes, and Which is fun. Fighting each other just constantly since they were very, very small. And yeah. for whatever reason, that's just how they're wired. And it's, it's problematic. <laughs> where where <laughs> does that come from? I don't know. I've, I don't know. My wife's a tough woman. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> like, uh -huh. I've generally been described to have a spicy disposition, so I, I don't know. I think they, <laughs> <laughs> I, they just come by it naturally, I guess. Well, w when does this come out? Because when you talk with us, you're pretty chill. You're pretty chill. So where's the spicy disposition? Like, in the heart of competition? And, that, like, as a coach now, when is that? In practice? In a game? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> all those Was things, it I you think. that got the tech a couple games ago against Baylor? I did get a tech. <laughs> There's the spicy disposition. <laughs> I did get a take against Baylor, unfortunately. That was. What'd you do? Pop not, up to Not my quick? finest hour. I, I was that? too far on the floor, and I think it was an accumulation of naughty behavior. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, not, not my best hour. That was, that was unfortunate. But I hurt the team there. But, um, yeah, I, I, it doesn't take much. I, I can get pretty fired. The team got after you? No. Oh. No. But they could have, and they should have. It was my fault. <laughs> so, I owe them. I this, I is think a, this is extreme ownership. <laughs> yes, it is. I think, a, I think a well-placed technical is a, one of the greatest strategies you can employ. I think Mark's tech was well-employed in the Kansas game. It, whether you like it or not, it gets you a few calls later. And, in fact, we like it. Um, is there a strategy to 
how verbose, how spicy you could be at a certain point that may help your team in a way. Yeah, I think there is. I, 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 <laughs> I wouldn't say that's what happened in my, in my case, but um, I, to your point, I thought coaches, you know, showing fight and, and being a little ornery and, and having some edge, I think that goes a long way, not only with your team, but the environment mm -hmm. and taking a little bit of an ownership and we're not just the victims here. Um, and I thought that was great. And I thought our guys responded to it and, and it paid off. I thought, so that was during a dead ball. It, the crowd doesn't really get into it when it's a dead ball. When it's a live ball, maybe that could have been hard to suppress, right, in that gym. But Trevin Nell, his engagement with Hunter Dickinson, I thought was important. Yeah. Of we're not going to back down. No question. And and Hunter, to his credit, sort of walks through that on purpose, and it gets interesting, a little spicy, as you mentioned. But I thought Trevin's sort of reaction there, and and what a, you live with the consequences. I thought that was an important moment for BYU. I, Did you feel that way in terms 100%. of hey, we're here? A hundred percent. And I think that's really important for us and how we're perceived as a program and a team and and as individuals as players. And there there can't be a victimhood mentality where th we just allow things to happen to us. Eventually, yeah. we've got to draw a line in the sand, whether that's in the course of play, uh, whether it's in those kind of dead ball situations where this kind of um, confrontational situation ensues, and, and we cannot continue to take backward steps. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's really, really important for how we're perceived and how we're viewed and, and how we're approached. I think when teams view us, it has to be in a certain way and it has to be with respect, and uh, they have to view us as the tougher team. I love that with Trevin because he would not be described as having a spicy disposition. No. He's like the nice guy. In the uh, heat of competition. But in the heat of competition, he's he a gets different happy. animal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's like a that. different yeah, animal. Uh, we'll finish with this. Coach Pope says a lot of interesting things. And by the way, your, imper <laughs> your impersonation of him, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, like all of the coaches' the impersonations are really amazing. <laughs> okay. And this Trevin Nell, right? Yeah, that was good. Um, but I, I was really taken back by something he said in the postgame in Lawrence when I was in there. And, and he said, after my technical foul, like, I probably shouldn't have let my emotions get that way, but I went back, and my team's composure was perfect, he said. Their composure was perfect. It takes a long time to get to that way, to not be rattled in an environment like that yeah. when you're still down and it's emotional. What, what has led to this, this composure that BYU is showing consistently? Like, yeah. Because it's a long road, so what, what's gone into that? I think it's just experience. You know, I've said it a few times where we have some older players, obviously, as you know, as the whole country knows. Uh, we have some older players as far as age, but we also have some older players as far as experience. They've been in so many different environments, whether it's Gonzaga or, or all these kind of teams that we've played and we've been fortunate enough to play. Uh, and I think over time, you kind of get a feel for 18,000 people in the crowd that are yelling at you. You get a feel for bad calls. You get a feel for um, dudes that are being jerks on the floor. Like, you just have to learn that like different situations, how to deal with them in different ways at different times of the game. And, and I think our guys have got more on their tape now, and I think it's shown in how they're comporting themselves and their poise, and um, I think it's really special. And I think as, far, as long as they continue to kind of communicate that with themselves and kind of take ownership of that themselves, uh, I think it really can serve us well moving forward. Well, for what it's worth, I thought your composure as a coaching staff was pretty good too. I mean, even after the game's over, I just wondered, I'm like, when, when do the emotions let loose for the coaches after, after a win like this? Is that locker room only? Like, is that, is that behind closed doors only? I don't know. After the Baylor game, I, I was pretty fired up coming off the floor, and I was yelling at my wife and kids. And <laughs> the spicy they were yelling at me, and just like, I took a step back. I was like, what is wrong with us? But, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're a little bit different. But, yeah, I, for me, you know, it's pretty internal and just thinking about the next thing and how we're going to win this next game. It's okay to emote. That's what they say. <laughs> That's what they tell me. Emotions out. <laughs> what am I doing? I'm excited. Yeah. The big, hey, last two Tuesdays, number 11, number 7 wins. It's, uh, 
Awesome to get excited. Well, thanks for coming in. Thanks and, so uh, much good for luck me. against CCO. Appreciate you. We'll hey. Keep an eye on the bench. No more text. <laughs> hey, great conversation, awesome. Kale. Thanks so much. Thank thanks. you. Women's Hoops, huge game for the Cougs coming up Saturday at Tejas. Uh, hey, Shaley Gonzalez, former BYU star. Uh, 8 Eastern, you can listen to that on BYU Radio. Watch on Big 12 Now on ESPN+. A loaded Friday whip around up after the break. Like, what is the best case scenario for NCAA tournament seeding with BYU Hoops? Is the Big 12 really still gaming the system? And what do we expect from the women's hoops team in their face-off against former Cougar Shaley Gonzalez? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Sports Nation is on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps or listen to the pod, subscribe, rate, and review. Welcome back to Studio B. I am Spencer. He is Jerem. I feel like we should do Friday headlines. Shall we? We should. Okay. Why am I in the uh, the wrong segment here? I don't know where we are in the show. Uh, <laughs> men's basketball hosts TCU tomorrow, 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. BYU and TCU 8-7 and seven in Big 12 play. Cougars have a 69% chance to win, according to Ken Palm. I legit thought we were in the last segment for a second. It's all good, man. <laughs> it's a Friday. We're relaxed Where here. are we? BYU women's basketball on the road to end the regular season and will do so in dramatic fashion, facing former Cougar Shaley Gonzalez and the third-rate hey, Texas Longhorns. Yeah. Texas 13-4 in the Big 12, BYU 6-11 with a victory, and it would be a huge upset. BYU would clinch a top nine seed in the Big 12 tournament. Right now, the winner loss, they're going to be like the 10th seed in the conference tournament. You can listen to the game 8 Eastern on BYU Radio. BYU football began the first of 15 spring practices that go to March 30th. Also, Keaton Slovis, Kingsley Suamatia, Ryan Rico wrap up work at the NFL Combine this weekend. Final team interviews, measurements, on-field workouts uh, between today and Sunday. BYU baseball opening their home campaign with a 3-2 win in game one of the three-game set against Gonzaga. Yeah. In the sixth inning, BYU's Luke Anderson with the BYUS and Karma and play hit the go-ahead solo home run. He was the difference. Games two and three will be played today in a doubleheader to avoid some weather. Game two starts at 2 Eastern on Big 12 Now on ESPN Plus and BYU Radio. Softball split its first two games at the Capitol Classic yesterday in Sacramento. Uh, lost game one to Sacramento State, bounced back against UC Davis, scoring four runs in the fifth, take the lead and route to a 5-3 win. BYU will play two games today against UC Santa Barbara and Utah State. Number 27, BYU Gymnastics will host Southern Utah in the Marriott Center tonight Yeah, for a Taylor Swift Eras-themed competition. Love it. I've got a blank space, and I'm going to fill it with gymnastics. You can watch Not tonight's meet. Name. 9 Eastern on Big 12 now on ESPN+. Apparently Travis Kelsey will be there. No, that's not <laughs> happening. Uh, women's tennis earned its first Big 12 win yesterday at UCF. 5-2, they'll look for a second win tomorrow at Houston. Men's tennis beat North Carolina Central 6-1 yesterday for their eighth straight win. Going will be back in action this morning at Radford. Women's and men's swim and dive continue in competition at the Big 12 Championships yesterday. On the men's side, Jordan Tiffany headlined the day, bringing home a Big 12 title in the 100-meter fly. Tiffany joins yeah. Lexi Holiday-Lowry as BYU's lone two individual Big 12 champions this year, as in 2024. On the women's side, BYU added two more all-Big 12 finishes with Tatum Cooley and the 400 medley relay. Competition continues through the weekend. Those are today's headlines. Now some opinions in the whip. Cougar Whip Round presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. 
ESPN's Joel Lenardi has BYU as a five seed playing Grand Canyon in Salt Lake City in this latest bracketology. Is this the best case scenario? Well, yes, clearly BYU is gaming the net and gaming the system to get to a five seed. Uh, I say that tongue in cheek. This is a wonderful scenario for BYU. I don't love a matchup with Grand Canyon. I think they're pretty good. They've beaten San Diego State. Like, they're a good team. But it doesn't matter who the opponent is. If BYU's in Salt Lake City, it can't get better than that. For I mean, generally speaking, it cannot get better than that for BYU. Like, would you rather be a one seed anywhere or a five seed in Salt Lake? Like, okay. being a one seed a would one be seed, awesome, right? I'm but, talking realistically. Right, can it really, get better than this? Like, a four, a four or a five is essentially the same thing. In Salt Lake City? Yeah, a four or a five is essentially the same thing. But playing in Salt Lake would be big time. Let's go. Baseball, as mentioned, host Gonzaga games two and three, doubleheader today. That's an adjustment due to weather. First game coming up at 2 Eastern on Big 12 now on ESPN Plus. And BYU Radio, then game three, 30 minutes after that. After the break, I go one-on-one -on -one with BYU football wide receiver Darius Lasseter. He's back. He got the waiver. How does he feel about it? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. We are live in Studio B. Yesterday, following day one of spring football practice, I went one-on-one -on -one with BYU wide receiver Darius Lassiter, who got his waiver from the NCAA. Here's that conversation. Darius, an official welcome back to BYU football. This is the first time we've had a chance to talk to you since you put out the post that you got that extra year of eligibility. What was that moment like when you found out the waiver's in play and I'm actually back? Yeah, um, it felt great. Um, just going through the whole winter, just workouts, not knowing uh, if you're going to get another opportunity. Um, you know, you kind of think about that a lot. But the main part about me, I knew I was going to be fine regardless of whether I was able to come back or not. It was just being this, had these moments with the guys, you know. Um, that's something that you can't get back and you cherish those moments that you have with each other. So uh, just having this, another one with these with these guys in a special year and another, another year in the Big 12 to show what we can really do, uh, it's, special, it's real special. When and where did you find out that it was actually happening? Uh, it was like... Before I, when I posted it, it was like two weeks before that. Uh, I just kind of waited to post it. Um, but uh, Coach Arod had texted me, said "Let's go," and like he normally he normally doesn't text me unless like we talking about like game plans or something like that. So I just kind of I kind of figured, and then Fessy called me right after that. So um, and then he just let me know, and then as soon as that, I called my mom and my brothers and let them know, and everybody was just happy and all that. Has the trash talk already started between you and your brother about the return trip for uh, Kansas coming to Provo this year? Oh, yeah, I told him that we, we, we owed him another L. Uh, the basketball team kind of looked out for us uh, last week, a couple days ago. Um, so, yeah, well, I'm, I'm excited for that game. They get to come here in our home demand. So we're going we're gonna to give them a good warm welcome So what 60000 look like. Let's go. Yeah, and, and you kind of answered my question already. What was it like for you to watch BYU beat Kansas in basketball with the family ties in play? Oh, yeah, I was talking trash the whole game. Even when we were down, like, 12 or something like that um, with six minutes left, uh, I was just like, we're going to come back, and you're going to be mad. So uh, it's, it's trash talk when, when no matter what the sport is. It can be swim and dive. I'm still going to talk trash to them. <laughs> it's good to know that the Lassiter family rivalries are alive and well, for sure. I uh, had a great time meeting your mom and, uh, and your little brother as well. How has this adventure been for them to watch you play at a place like BYU? 
Uh, it's been amazing for my mom. Uh, she's she's seen me grow uh, just from JUCO. Um, just a lot of hard work that I put in there. Um, just a lot of times you don't get recognized. Um, didn't really get the recognition that I got when I, when I I thought I deserved when I left. So just to see her, uh, to see me have it now, you know, people people know who I am and my name's starting to get out there. It's it's just a blessing for her, and she that's all she has a big smile that all her boys are doing everything that she wanted to do. Did you send her the mock-up of NCAA Football 25 with you catching the ball? Did you see that, by the way? I seen that, yeah. That, that was a dope feel. We need to get that on there. But, uh, yeah, every, every time uh, something, she kind of sees it before I do. So, like, anytime something goes out with me, she'll send it to me and be like, oh, look at you. And then she, you know what I'm saying, send it to the family group chat. So it's always good. I'm all for it. Let's get Darius Lasseter on the cover for BYU fans for sure. Uh, we're certainly happy that spring football is back. In fact, it's February football. What's this like for you and now that you've had a full year at BYU under your belt and as you approach number t uh, year number two? Uh, this, this, this spring is more about consistency, consistency for me, um, just to show that I can be every down player for them. Um, I'm going to make the play every time it comes my way, whether it's not coming my way and I'm, I'm helping somebody else get open. Um, just to show that I can be that player in this offense. I got a year out of my belt to kind of learn the system and fill everything out. And now it's, it's not a feeling, feeling type thing no more. It's a kind of go take it. So um, I got to go take everything that comes my way, um, whether it's run blocking, uh, going deep. So uh, just, just being prepared for everything that comes. I can't help but think the wide receiver room is the deepest position group on this BYU football team. You, you essentially bring everybody back. What's the vibe in that room like right now? Oh, the vibe's great uh, when you don't got to bring in too many new guys, um, and then you already click with the guys from last semester. Um, we all enjoy each other. We all got our own personalities that we that we cling on to. Um, Keelan, he's he's loud, vibrant. You know, you always gonna get that from Chase, the quiet, soft-spoken guy, and then Cody is just Cody. And then uh, we all bring something different to the table, and then uh, that we like uh, that that can really put us together in mesh, and we click. Why do you feel like this offense? Because especially now with uh, some questions at quarterback, whether it's gonna be Gary or Jake in play, but why do you feel like this offense can take the next step? I just feel like uh, last year we had a whole bunch of new guys. Um, we had like 15 something transfer and a lot of new guys that that never played with each other. Um, and you're just trying to get trust and trying to build and see how people move if somebody's going to have your back on this. And I just feel like after having that year and then us going through this spring, uh, everything's going to click for us. Uh, more, most importantly, um, I was a, I was a new guy fall um, key that never threw to me before besides fall camp. So. Um, so we didn't really have that much of a chemistry like if I would came in the spring or something like that. So now they're just going here with Jake, Gary, um, just feeling, making them feel comfortable with me. Uh, that's the biggest thing. I know it's only been a relative short while with Gary, but what is he like as a quarterback running this offense? Uh, Gary, he's, he's, a, he's a phenomenal runner. Um, he's somebody that can he can sense pressure real good. Um, get out of the get out of the pocket. Um, he can make the throw. He can he can extend plays with his legs. So um, that's a lot of things that we need. You know, and we didn't have a lot of that last year. Just extending plays. Um, so we we kind of get that element. We we had that at the towards the end of the season with Jake, him being able to run more, and then uh, now Gary just so they can feed off each other. Um, the competition is definitely going to be up there. Yeah. So with two quarterbacks in play, how does this change how you approach what you do as a wide receiver? Because they are different players. Um, I, I don't really so much think it changes what I have to do as a receiver. It's just just to be in the right spots for them. Um, uh, not that I'm picking sides or anything. Just making sure that both guys know that 
I'm here for both of them, whether no matter if it's Jake the quarterback or is it Gary the quarterback, I'm going to be there for both of them. I'm going to make the plays for them and so uh, they can put their trust in me so they can go win a starting spot. Yeah, if they are ever doubting trust in you, just say, hey, uh, there's a catch against Texas Tech. There's also one against Texas. There's a few. Just flash those plays, right? Yeah, just just a couple. <laughs> let, let them remind and give quick reminders. Yeah, I love that. Um, okay, day one of practice uh, in the spring. What's the best thing that you saw today from your team, either an individual or in a, in a team aspect? Uh, it just feels good. I, I know everybody feels good to be out here. You kind of lift weights the whole time. So uh, it's kind of good to remember we play football sometimes, too, and uh, we're just not out there lifting big weights. So uh, the energy was high, and that's, that's what we need to see the most, um, just to show that we got that team aspect and that uh, guys, depending on another guy, you another guy makes a play that you've probably never seen make a play before. And just seeing them get happy for each other, that's the, that's the best part. What, why does spring football matter? I don't think a lot of people understand what actually happens here. What, what's the most important aspect about this whole period, this, this three-week period? Uh, I feel like it's the most important is just, just to get the rhythm and the clicking. Um, uh, unless you win a national championship, um, it's, not a lot, it's a lot of things that you can improve on. So uh, we went five and seven. So uh, just us coming here as an offense. I know defense, they did their thing last year for us. And um, as an offense, we want to we wanna be better. We want to play better. So uh, we get that. We get the opportunity here just to show uh, practice that, okay, fall camp comes around. We're not, we're not joking. We're going we're gonna to be ready to go uh, when we see Southern Illinois. All right, we'll finish with this. You're a guy who knows what a big play looks like. So who made the biggest play today in team scrimmages? I probably have to say Keanu. Uh, you know, he, he just made the move to tight end, and um, seeing him go versus linebackers to safety uh, that brings a smile to my face because that's that's gonna that's gonna create a lot of mismatch for him, and then uh, that's also gonna take the pressure off of uh, guys like me, Chase, Cody, <laughs> Keelan, and Parker. So having that, having having somebody like that that can run routes from the tight end position. Awesome, Darius. Great to have you back at BYU. We appreciate the time, and good luck with the rest of spring football. Thank you. Coming up tonight, gymnastics. Taking on Southern Utah 9 Eastern on Big 12 Now on ESPN+. What do you expect from BYU tomorrow against TCU after the upset win at Kansas? Our elite voice of the day next, this is BYUSN. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back with our question of the day. What do you expect from BYU men's basketball against TCU tomorrow? After that emotional high in the win against Kansas, our elite voice of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated. Chiming in is Mad-Eye Cosmo on X, who says, I expect a win if BYU does these few things. One, they crash the glass. These cases Don't give TCU a second opportunity to score. Two points off turnovers. TCU turns it over quite a bit. Three, if BYU shows the Cougar tail kid, it's an automatic win. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's get him in a BYU Sports Nation shirt. Let's go. Today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. March is here, baby. BYU's going dancing in a couple weeks. Three weeks from today, we will have celebrated a win in the first round. Big 12 tournament games, NCAA tournament games. This is a I'm great thinking loss. two tournaments at a time. Let's, let's go. Our thanks to today's guests, Cahill Fennell and Darius Lassiter. Sorry to Dennis, ran out of time. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Derek Dawes. We'll see you later today for BYU Derek Baseball Dawes. and BYU Gymnastics. Go Coops! Cabrillo's been Cottonwood!